0: the Thick family. It's Julio. And before we get to today's show, we just want to share the latest on the police killing of Tyree Nichols. So on Friday's show, we mentioned that the five former police officers who brutally beat Tyree are facing charges of murder for his death. And as you know, on Friday evening, the disturbing and violent footage of the incident was released by Memphis Police. And that led to nationwide protests and renewed calls for abolishing and defunding the police. Along with the five officers who were fired, we learned on Monday that two more police officers were put on leave. One of them, Preston Hemphill, was there during the initial traffic stop. In addition, a number of other officials and personnel Were fired, or put on leave in relation to the incident. I was actually in Boston on Saturday where there were demonstrations and protests in Boston Common, which is the site of the new Martin Luther King, Coretta Scott King embrace statue. And I took a picture that was left there of Tyree by the quote about love in Boston Common. But just being in that moment after the demonstration, there was a lot of people just looking at the photo, asking about him, thinking about him. So it's obvious that what happened to Tyree Nichols and what we've seen is having great effect on people and the world. So, of course, we'll be following this and all the issues this case raises From ongoing police brutality that targets black and brown people in this country, racial injustice, the militarization of law enforcement, how black and brown law enforcement officials tend to look at their own communities sometimes in a different light. It's very complex. We've talked about this a lot on In the Thick. And also just the failure of our government to pass meaningful legislation on police reform. So we're not going away. We're going to keep talking about this. We have to remember Tyree Nichols, his family, the trauma that continues to replicate itself. And we're not going to stay silent. So more to come. And in the meantime, here's this week's In the Thick.
1: There's so much in our music, you kind of have to read between the lines. And so that's what we're doing this season, is leaning into what is the excellence that we can really showcase here. Uno,
0: dos, From Futuro Media and PRX, it's In the Thick, a podcast about politics, race, and culture. I'm Julio DiCarlo solo hosting today while Maria is out reporting. And today... Dun, 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 dun. I'm trying to do trumpets. <laughs> I have special, special guests with me. Two good friends from New York City is the fabulous Alana Casanova Burgess, co-creator, host, and producer of WNYC Studios and Futuro Studios La Brega. Stories of the Puerto Rican experience.
1: Wepa. Hey Alana. Hello.
0: Hello, wepa, wepa in the house.
1: Wepa in the house.
0: And also. From the lovely city of New York is my colleague at Futuro Media, Jeannie Montalvo, who's a Grammy-nominated audio engineer and a radio producer with Futuro Studios because she's a Futuro Media colleague. Hi, Jeannie. Hola. All right. Just a reminder, we're still recording remotely, so you might hear some background noises like HVAC work cats, dogs, lawnmowers. I don't know if there's lawnmowers, snowblowers, sirens, whatever, the city. <laughs> All right. So I'm super excited to have you both on and talk about the new season of La Brega, which is the podcast series produced by WNYC Studios and Futuro Studios. If you're a fan of La Brega, which I hope every In The Thick listener is, you would know that season one came out in 2021. If you aren't a fan, go now, listen to season one as well. It was an incredible experience. As a Puerto Rican, as a Boricua, I love finally seeing my peeps front and center. I even was part of season one, co producing a conversation about basketball, basketball warriors. I'm very proud of that story.
1: Exactly. You're one of the Avengers.
0: I am. I'm one of the original (laughs) Avengers. Thank you, Alana. And when it came out, everyone loved that La Brega was a dual language show. And almost two years later, season two just launched. Wow, amazing. It's such a cool concept where it's set up like an album Alana you take us through the Puerto Rican experience in eight songs so Alana what inspired this style of storytelling and what are you most excited for listeners to hear this season
1: oh boy two great questions the first time that we made La Brega, um, <laughs> which was supposed to be the only time, um, <laughs> but then we had such a nice experience that so we thought we'd do it again. Yeah. You know, music kept coming up. I remember I did that episode about Levitown and like sort of American housing in the suburbs and Puerto Rico and all that. Yep. And kept listening to this song written by Rafael Hernandez called Ahora Seremos Felices, which is about a man like wanting to build a house for his lover, right? For his woman. Mm. And if we wanted to, we could have done a whole episode about housing and development through the lens of that song. But luckily, my colleagues were like, think you can probably tell this story without it. So <laughs> so I set it aside. They were like, they were like, chill out. It's all right. You can do it, you can do it another way. You know, we also we were thinking in the first episode, and I think the basketball episode that you reported, Julio, is a great example of this, that there's so much to also celebrate about the Puerto Rican experience, right? It's like it's not all brega. And even when you are bregando, like you can have a good time. And music is such a great way of expressing that, right? We say it in the first episode of this season that Puerto Rico has always been punching above its weight when it comes to music. Right. And obviously there's the talent, there's the skill of songwriting, there's the musicianship, but also there are, and I don't have to tell either of you because you're both brilliant people, but there's so much in our music that you kind of have to read between the lines. And so that's what we're doing this season is we're celebrating ourselves a bit more. We're like leaning into... What is the excellence that we can really showcase here? And then also, what are our songs saying about us and how do they tie us to the rest of Latin America? Like Jeannie has a Dominican background and it's been great having her on the team this season because we want Puerto Rico to be in conversation with the Dominican Republic. We want to be in conversation with Cuba or Colombia or with other Latinos here in the U.S. And music is a big way that we kind of communicate that identity.
0: Yeah. Jeannie, talk about the process of producing the narrative series. I know you're a music nerd and I say that with all love. That's like wear it with a badge of pride. Tell me about your experience working on the series.
2: It's been super fun. I, ironically enough, my undergrad, I went to school in Orlando, which is like little Puerto Rico, and <laughs> the Puerto Rican family there adopted me. Like, basically, I became part of them.
0: You know, I'm one of the original, you know, my family's one of the original Puerto Ricans of Orlando.
2: Exactly. Right. So
0: I appreciate the Orlando love. Continue.
2: It was. Well, yeah. No, I mean, I literally, I was at every Puerto Rican Day parade. I was at the Puerto Rican Association festivities. Like, I was <laughs> there for it all. So it's been kind of cool to, like, revisit some of that and, you know, connect with some of my old friends when at the beginning I was like, what do you consider, like, the best Puerto Rican songs of all time? And so yeah, yeah. it's been fun to kind of just think about, you know, like, what has... Puerto Rican music contributed to the overall musical landscape of the globe. Yeah. And to see how there's so much overlap with certain things and how, you know, Puerto Rican musicians have adapted to different musical styles. And and it's also been a learning process because I, you know, there's a lot of things I obviously don't know. So.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Alana, before we talk about the first episode, because the podcast is already out, it's available You know, I'm sure you've been asked this question 20,000 times, but there might be people on this In The Thick podcast who still don't know what La Brega means. You want to go for it, Alana? Sure.
1: You know, there are so many great Puerto Rican words. I'm always here to help people follow along. (coughs) So La Brega is, you know, other countries do use it too. Like, I feel like the Venezuelans out there are going to be like... We too. Yeah. But Puerto Ricans use La Brega all the time, right? It's like, how are you doing? Bueno, tu sabes, yo estoy aquí en La Brega. Yeah. Right? Which could either mean like, oh, I'm just hustling. I'm trying to like pull it together. I'm I'm struggle bussing with my boss. This thing is happening, you know. Yeah. I'm working like three jobs to hold it together, but you know, I'm doing all right. Estamos bien. Yeah. You can also have like a Brega, which is a kind of solution to a problem, but it's not a total solution it's like when you scotch tape together some kind of situation you know and actually after the first season came out julia i don't know if i've talked to you about this but
0: oh this is gonna be awesome go
1: (laughs) well we had listeners in india and Kenya, like all these, you know, what do they have in common? Post colonial societies saying, we too have a word for a brega, right? When oh. you cannot find a solution to a problem, yes. but you kind of scotch tape a solution together that kind of allows you to like go with the flow, like hustle it through, you know, all that stuff. So that was really interesting for us just thinking about like, oh, what does Puerto Rico have in common? Not that we're post colonial, obviously.
0: <laughs> no, we're still colonial.
1: Very much in the present. But that there's something about that hustle that striving yeah that other people have too and we can also question ourselves right why is it that we celebrate that we are so good at bregas that we are so good at bregando all the time and that we say it with that shrug that casual like tu sabes, ya tu sabes, que yo la brega.
0: i think that's an excellent explanation jeannie as a person you know from dominican descent when was the first time you heard the word
2: I mean, I feel like everybody says brega, porque, I mean, we can say bregando. bregando con esto.
0: Okay, did we just get Genie's Dominican accent? bregando con esto. Okay, I love it. See,
2: you know, but like our equivalent would be like la lucha. So like, I don't know, like, mm-hmm. aquí en la lucha, ya tú sabes. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, la lucha. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard a lot of Jamaicans say that.
2: As a specific, like, term of how it has become a podcast, probably I have just come into it in the last year.
0: (laughs) Right. All right. Okay. Now we're going to talk about the podcast. Let's start with the first episode, which is currently available wherever you get your podcast. The series starts with a really vivid scene. So Alana, you're on a plane going to San Juan, right? And Mm -hmm. you describe hearing someone sing the iconic song Preciosa, which this song, as you describe it, is a love letter to a place. It was originally written by Rafael Hernández Marín in 1937. And it has sort of become the unofficial anthem of Puerto Rico. I think a little bit of the Mark Anthony craze kind of helped that. But, you know, Mm -hmm. but you talk about in the show how it actually was once considered the national anthem, even though there is a key group of people missing. So let's listen to a clip from the episode of La Brega, episode one.
1: There's no mention of African roots in Puerto Rico at all. Very cringy. Hernández was Afro-Boricua himself, but there appears to have been no room to praise blackness in the 1930s Puerto Rico that Preciosa describes. But in another line of the song, he erases nothing. Tucked in behind the glimmering waves is a dagger of a line about the United States.
0: No importa el tirano te trate con negra maldad. No
1: importa el tirano te trate con negra maldad. You'll be beautiful even if the tyrant treats you with black malice. It's such a pointed critique of the United States. And that leads to a story. There's this moment in the early 1950s when the Puerto Rican government needed a new national anthem. There's a rumor that Luis Muñoz Marín, the first elected governor, was really into Preciosa for the anthem. Juan Otero, a musicologist, told us about it.
0: The lyric that said that no importa el tirano... It that the tyrant uh, uh, treat you bad, no?
1: The governor wanted to swap tyrant for destiny, the tino. It doesn't matter if destiny treats you badly.
2: Uh, but Hernández refused.
1: Tyrant stays in.
0: Yeah, that's that's interesting, Alana. So talk to me about how music from Puerto Rican artists, you know, how they've grappled with sort of colonialism and status and different political and social issues over the years. That's a really great example. I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, this particular example is interesting, right, because it's so subtle. And the the end of the anecdote there is that, you know, according to this, like a verifiable-ish rumor, yeah. the governor at the time, Luis Muñoz Marin, asked Rafael Hernández, like, hey, would love to make this the new official anthem of Puerto Rico in the ELA era, which is what the new status was going to be for Puerto Rico. We'd love to take out that U.S. dagger line, though, because we want to get closer to the U.S. And he said, no, it's just going to be the way it is. Right. And so that is so subtle. Right. It's so subtle. And yet every time you hear the song and that line comes up, it's like, oh, (laughs) I know exactly what that's about. You know, like, (laughs) there's no... You can't hide it. You can't hide it. And now, you know, today we have, obviously, like, Residentes, such a critic of... U.S. empire and of the colonial situation you know when I think about like how does this come up in music from time to time I definitely think of him but it's interesting to me that like we as a colony it's like how do you have a national anthem when you're not your own independent country and like what kind of patriotism can you have yeah. That is safe to have. And it's just so interesting to me, like every time the song comes up, how people react and how I feel the sense of pride. Yeah. And it's like people can't agree on anything, but what can they agree on? It's like we root for the basketball team. And when this song comes on, <laughs> we lose our minds.
0: Oh, no. Preciosa is you want to stop like a bunch of Puerto Ricans from doing anything. Just play Preciosa. And it's like all of a sudden we, we get along with everyone. But it's interesting. You mentioned Ela for the people that don't know what that means. Uh, code word for Estado. Libre, asociado. It's just the word for the current commonwealth, quote unquote.
1: Yeah, the colonial status.
0: The colonial status of Puerto Rico. Yeah. Jeannie, music as resistance in this context, or just in your experience as a musicologist across Latin America, working on the series. Like, how did that play out for you?
2: So first of all, I think music is a form of protest, and Ruen Blades calls it propuesta also. I think has always been historically, like, super important because people latch on to music. Like, you hear it always in, in like, La Nueva Canción Chilena that was, like, yeah. super hypercritical of the travesties that happened in Latin America. So, I really always love hearing the stories of, you know, singer-songwriters who refuse to make changes. Like, Rafael Hernandez was like, nah, <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. I'm good with the Tirano line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm down with it. Don't
2: let the door hit you on the way out. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> So like I don't know. I mean I love hearing stories especially back then. Like yeah I don't know, I feel like sometimes people were more they were more naive back then. And when you hear stories in the thirties like that, there were people like really stuck to their guns. I'm like, yeah.
1: Hi,
0: it's Maria Hinojosa, host of Latino USA. We all love great stories. And great stories are what we pride ourselves in delivering to you. Every week, Latino USA presents a mix of reporting on culture and politics, diverse voices and coverage of current and emerging issues, featuring stories from the heart, stories that will make you think and maybe even inspire you. Listen to Latino USA on your favorite podcast app from PRx So also in that first episode, You talk about a current Puerto Rican artist who has been uncompromisingly and openly Boricua, Benito Antonio Martinez Ocasio, but you all know him as Bad Bunny. So, as that episode draws the line from Rafael Hernandez's Preciosa to some of Bad Bunny's recent songs, Alana, you take us through this evolution of how this deep love for the island is expressed through music. And specifically, you focus on how Bad Bunny does sing about the difficulties of living on the island, including blackouts from a failed energy grid and the aftermath of Hurricane Maria. Let's take a listen.
1: This is Estamos Bien. We're good. Said in the same tone as aquí, bregando. It came out the year after Hurricane Maria.
0: Give it up for Bad Money!
1: He introduced it during his debut on Jimmy Fallon, one of the few examples of Benito speaking English. He used his appearance to underscore both the urgency of the situation and the sense that life has to keep going.
0: After one year of the hurricane, there's still people without electricity and their homes. More than three thousand people died, and Trump is still in denial. But you know what? <laughs>
1: And the potholes are there again in El Apagón, which means the blackout. Tucked in after an unexpectedly tender line about a kiss for your abuela, the bitter mixed with the sweet. Mm. There are things Bad Bunny has said, and sung, that I don't agree with. He's often held up as a kind of saint, literally San Benito and nobody deserves that pedestal. But there are things I really admire. When I hear him sing about Puerto Rico's failed energy grid and packed arenas, it's not just a form of protest. I think it's a kind of honest love. Like, this place is not okay, but it's still preciosa.
0: All right, Alana, break Bad Bunny down in this context, in the context of the series, and this awareness being created about the reality of different social and political issues happening in Puerto Rico right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's been so much said about Bad Bunny, but I think what we were trying to do in opening this series is to say, like, Bad Bunny didn't come out of, you know, de la nada, right? There's this long tradition of excellence with Puerto Rican music, right? Like, we talked about Rafael Hernández refusing to pull that punch. And Bad Bunny also like refuses to pull these punches. Right. You heard him in that clip. Right. He goes on TV in the U.S. and he's like, let me take this opportunity to say like like one of the truly one of the few examples of this man speaking English is to say this and to draw attention to this. He also did it when he wore a T-shirt to draw attention to a woman in Puerto Rico, Alexa. Right. He was wearing a T-shirt to draw attention to her death because she was trans. And so in those ways, we sort of, we see Bad Bunny in this larger context. But also, I'm fascinated. You you know this, Julio, but in the first episode, we talked a lot about potholes in in the opening.
0: You are. That is like an anchor to your creativity. That's the through line for seasons one (laughs) and two, the potholes.
1: Yeah, I'm like, I'm just pothole girl. (laughs) It's pothole season. (laughs) It's pothole season. But like... Really, potholes are such a huge part of the Puerto Rican experience. I'm laughing, but I'm not. And the way that Bad Bunny has like a few times now worked in hoyos and baches into his lyrics. Yeah. It's so, I say this, right? In that clip that we just heard, it's like this honest kind of love because we know that Puerto Rico is not perfect, you know? And it's important in these lyrics, you know, he, he has a whole song called El Apagón, right? The blackout. Right. That we acknowledge the crises that, this country is facing and that we can still celebrate our love for the place while still saying like, this is not okay. Yeah. Like this is really messed up.
0: Right. And then obviously Jeannie with the the Grammy awards coming this Sunday, February 5th, you know, Bad Bunny's album, Un Verano Sin Ti, A Summer Without You made history. It's the first time a Spanish language album has been nominated for album of the year. So, When you guys are working on La Brega, Genie and and you see, you know, Bad Bunny being such a global, I mean, he's done. I'm with you, Alana, with the canonization. But at the same time, I'm like, people ask me more about Puerto Rico because Bad Bunny's out there. So I'm kind of like, it's like this deal (laughs) that I've made with that. I've come to terms with it, even though I'm like an old Gen Xer and prefer punk music. But Genie, how does it feel seeing Bad Bunny become one of the biggest artists in the world right now in the context of, you know, you working on a series about Puerto Rico?
2: I think it's cool. I also, I mean, full transparency, I'm also a Grammy voting member, so, like... Oh! (laughs) Oh. So, like, it is very cool to see, because, you know, there's always that, like, big argument, like, oh, you guys have your own Grammys, you have the Latin Grammys, so, like, why do you need to be in, like, the other Grammys? And So, it's just, like, (laughs) it's cool to see overlap, because, I mean... Yeah. Why wouldn't there be overlap? You know, like, why do they have to be specific to those categories? You know, and, and I think mean, BTS is also nominated the um, the K-pop group. So like another global that has been nominated in categories that are like, yeah, you know, not typically anything other than English. So I think it's cool to see the Grammys like taking a more global approach. Yeah. When the world like the globe has become so much more connected. So <laughs>
0: my friend's cool. Like I'm sorry. Like you're the first voting member of the Grammys that I've I now know personally, Alana, give me the context of Bad Bunny with the Grammys and, all, you know, nada, but got out. And what do you think this is going to mean if he wins or if he just is there right with presence?
1: I obviously would love to see him win. I don't know about YouTube, but seeing the videos of his tour that just wrapped up, yeah. Un Verano Sin Ti, like seeing, you know, Estadio Azteca, like all these arenas. There was a video of him in Uruguay with like 80,000 people in a space like all of that is so it just makes my heart swell because thinking about him being so Puerto Rican. Right. We can talk about how unapologetically Puerto Rican he is. Yeah.
0: Oh, hands down. The way he sounds. Yeah. Like the accent, like everything. Right. But it's not like Brega, too. It's like, you know, we Puerto Rican accent has been mocked, but like it's been elevated because of him in a lot of ways. Absolutely. And I'm going to equate that to La Brega as well, because there's <laughs> plenty of Puerto Rican voices on La Brega. And-
1: it's true. Yeah. No, in this house, no accent is the wrong accent. <laughs> exactly. Thank you for the comparison, Uh, humbled. But it's true that, you know, I luckily grew up in a household where my mom did not mince words about how proud she is to be Puerto Rican. Right. And she would always like point out, you know, like, oh, you know, Basquiat, like half Puerto Rican. <laughs> like it was just constant. <laughs> like... <laughs> so your mom is like the Greek guy on my big fat Greek wedding. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I grew up the same way. Believe me. I was always searching for who was Puerto Rican in my universe. So I'm, I'm with your mom.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so I think about how that might be resonating for people and and obviously like the pride right like and it's not just in the accent we talk about this in the show a lot across several episodes how fun it is to hear slang you know like if bad bunny wins and he goes up on stage and he starts like using puerto rican slang oh my god my heart would be just it would explode all right the
2: best honestly is when they go up for those awards speeches and it'll be in spanish because he doesn't care.
1: Oh, 100%. He does not care. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be like, pichea this, papelon that, you know. He'll
2: say thank you to the Academy and then he'll continue in Spanish. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, I'd be remiss since we do have a fellow friend of the Caribbean, Jeannie, who is of Dominican descent, because episode three, you you mentioned this before, Alana, gets into the influence of Dominican artists. And so, you know, Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic, our neighbors And there's a geographical closeness that has created a cultural back and forth for centuries, both good and bad. And I don't want to get too deep into that because...
2: That's another episode of In the Thick, actually.
0: (laughs) Exactly. I mean, it's like, let's talk about, like, that. But anyway, in the 1970s, merengue... Orchestras from the DR started playing a big role in San Juan, and I remember this like merengue was like the shit.
2: Are you saying you were around in the seventies? Is that what you're saying? (laughs)
1: Yeah,
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was. I was around this. I'm probably from the seventies. You kidding me? That was my formative years. I was like eight. Those are my memories. Okay, I'm totally reveal how old I am. But you know, merengue was a little bit easier to dance to. So in the show, it's talked about as the great equalizer of the Puerto Rican dance floors. Jeannie, you know, you shared on Latino USA about how both of your parents were born, raised and married in the Dominican Republic. So how have you seen the region's geographic diversity reflected in the music, like in Puerto Rico and other parts?
2: Look, musicians are going to get influenced by who they're going to get influenced. that, And people are always going to get criticized for being influenced by different cultures and things, depending on how they present. But I think if you come at it from a place of love and you know appreciation and how you're including that and how you're you're making your adaptations and stuff then great like i said we the globe has become very linked so those fusions and those adaptations are what make music interesting. Otherwise, like, there's only so many chords <laughs> that you can put together <laughs> to make a song. So, like, you have to be willing to change things up and adapt and borrow with respect. Like, you know, maybe you included Dominican artist in your thing. And then, it's you know, the 70s wasn't the only time that you see that. Like, in my day, in the 90s, we had all that, like, mid and hip-hop and you had yeah. all of that stuff, like, that was going on that also, like you know, went across the islands. So I take it with a grain of salt. <laughs>
0: hey, Alana, your thoughts on, on sort of the cross Caribbean feels.
1: Oh, I I love it. I mean, w- one of my favorite memories from 2022 was being at Yankee Stadium when Benito brought out Romeo Santos. Wepa. And oh, my God, it was just it was the freaking best because you had this Dominican guy from the Bronx you know, grinding up on a palm tree next to this Puerto Rican guy. It was just like, it was just, <laughs> it was just like, look at us all hanging out here at Yankee Stadium, just 50,000 close friends. No big deal. No big deal. No friction. Yeah. It's just like, let's all get along, you know, and I love that. And I think we think of Puerto Rico as being part of the United States because we talk about the colonial relationship all the time. But I hope that what also comes through this series is how much we are also a part of Latin America and the Caribbean.
0: All right, we're going to move to our final segment, which we call Binge Worthy. What are you binging on, Music Edition? Ah, you see, we're going to stay on brand with La Brega Season 2. What's something Hmm. you've been listening to lately? Or what's your favorite song by a Puerto Rican artist? It's okay to to promo La Brega Season 2. I'm going to add mine. Mm-hmm. So, Jeannie, why don't you go first?
2: Oh my God. No, don't do me first. I have to think because all I have on my Spotify is kids bop and like Encanto. And I have to think about this for a minute. So, <laughs> okay. do it on a first.
0: Well, kids bop and Encanto is not horrible.
2: The kids bop of Despecha is actually
1: kind of fun. Okay.
0: <laughs> but can I just say one thing? There's nothing else you're listening to outside of Kids Bop. I am. That that's why I need a minute to think. You see how I'm dragging this on as a host? Like talking about your love of kids bop and encanto <laughs> and giving you the time to give me a song that you're binging on.
1: Well, I will say that this season of Laurega sounds like such a party and celebration and like a concert in and of itself because of Jeannie and the other folks at Futuro and also Joe Plord from WNYC just making it Sound so good, yeah! Like it is such a party to listen to.
0: But that's not what you're binging on right now. You're, what songs <laughs> are you binging
1: on? <laughs> I'm binging on La Brega. You're
0: binging on La Brega, okay?
1: Binging on the genie Montalvo sound design. <laughs>
0: Okay, I'm waiting for Jeannie's binge response.
2: You know what I've been listening to is a lot of like Jamiroquai or like Dua Lipa, like disco stuff, like levitating and and old school jazz because I'm working on Ernesto's final track of the album, which is kind of like a disco thing. So I've been like looking for inspiration.
0: Ernesto being your husband for listeners of In the Thick. Yeah.
2: Yeah, my husband, the fifth Beatle of
1: everything at Futuro. (laughs) All right, Alana,
0: besides binging on La Brega, any other songs? Or favorite song by Puerto Rican artist?
1: Oh, God, I have so many. I really love Borico en la Luna, but <sighs> we have an episode about it, so I feel like that's cheating.
0: Okay, what version?
1: Hmm. What version? I like the Roy Brown version, sorry.
0: Okay, because that was going to be my...
1: You're going to go the Fiel a la Vega version?
0: It's Fiel a la Vega Live.
1: Uh huh.
0: If you haven't heard Fiel a la Vega Live sing Borico en la Luna, I love the Roy Brown version, but... There's something about the live version by Fiel a la Vega.
1: I hear you. No, no, that's a close second for me. And the other one is just because we came out of the Christmas season, I love Una Tarjeta Postal mm. by Ismael Rivera. Could listen to that on loop like all season long.
0: All right. I appreciate it. La Brega season two is available wherever you get your podcast Subscribe now so you don't miss any new episodes. Alana casanova Burgess, co-creator, host, and producer of La Brega, and Ginny Montalvo, audio engineer and producer with Futuro Studios. Thank you so much for joining me on In The Thick.
2: Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us.
0: I'm Julio Regalo Varela.
2: Uno, dos, tres!
0: And remember, go to Apple Podcasts to rate and review us because it really, really helps. Also, you can now listen to In The Thick on all the major podcast platforms. Check us out on the web at inthethick.org. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at In Thick Show. Like us on Facebook and tell your friends. In The Thick is produced by Nur Saudi Oscar Fernandez and our New York Women's Foundation Ignite fellow Daniela Tello Garzón with special help on this episode from Harsha Nahata. Our editorial director is Fernanda Santos. Our audio engineering team is Stephanie LePoe, Julia Caruso, Gabriela Baez, and J.J. Karubin. Our marketing manager is Luis Luna. The music you heard is courtesy of Nacional Captain ZCK Records. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Peace out, y'all. I'm going to call it La Brega.
2: La Brega. (laughs) We are gathered here today to discuss
1: La Brega. Perfecto.
0: Yes, it's the great Boricua podcast.
1: The opinions expressed by the guests and contributors in this podcast are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Futuro Media or its employees. From P-